In this episode, I interview John Bakhti, Arkin, and founder of Connected Chain. John has been a member of the health science community since 2007. In college, he learned how to assess human movement and create goal-centered programs. Throughout his continued education, he was involved in graduate thesis work, where he explored cognitive decline among the older adult population and the underlying effect of this on human movement and health. John is focused on enhancing athletic performance, along with maintaining independence and mobility among the older adult population. In this episode, we discuss his humble upbringing, how a reference letter changed his path, and talk about one of the scariest moments in his career as a kid. Hey, John. Hey, Spencer. How's it going today? No, I'm not too bad. I'm just finally looking at some sun, but... Still a little bit cold, but yeah. hey, we'll, we'll get it soon. No, I know. I'm so excited for for summer. I can't, I can't believe it like snowed the other day. I think it snowed where you were too. No, in Markham. Yeah, honestly, man, I'm I'm not super surprised by the weather right now. And honestly, if it keeps people inside during this time, I'm all for it. I mean, last thing we need is like 30 degree sunny weather, and all we can do is just look out the window or even just hang out in our backyard. But yeah. Yeah, the worst part for a lot of people is right when it gets summer, we're all going to be back to work. And then we're going to be like, oh, I want to be know. outside. I just hope we get I hope we get at least a few months of summer where we can actually go to a beach or hang out at a park before we yeah, go back into like sure, winter again. Sure. So time will tell. We'll see how for it sure. goes. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, welcome, John, um, to the Making Connections podcast. I just want you uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. No, this is cool. I, uh, this is a great idea, Spencer, and uh, I'm really happy that you reached out. I mean, there's there's so many awesome podcasts going out there, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited to kind of share my story and hopefully encourage and motivate you know other you know students or professionals who are in the field as well. And they're just, you know they got those question mm-hmm. marks or you know motivation. You know, just, I'm just trying to give back how I can, and this is a cool outlet to do that. Yeah, and definitely you're uh, like looking at people to be on the show. You kind of definitely stood out in terms of you kind of have your own practice connected chain that we'll kind of go into a little bit later on. Um, but in terms of you're one of the few kins that I know that are kind of running their own business. And it's always interesting here, those backstories and kind of those trials and tribulations that you had to kind of get to where you are now. Um, and that's kind of what we'll kind of start into now with in terms of how long you've been our kin um, and kind of talk ar- about that. And then we'll get a little bit into your backstory. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I, uh, so I finished off my master's of uh, science over at Western university here in London, Ontario, or in London, Ontario. And uh, that was in 2015, like I said, and uh, I ended up writing my kin exam um, April, April of 2016, I believe. So I waited a bit before I wrote it. So I actually didn't become a registered kin until mm-hmm. 2016. But I've been a certified personal mm-hmm. trainer through CSEP since uh, 2009. And um, I know we'll get into it, but I actually started in the field in 2007. Um, so I was in school while I was working within the field. So that, that really um, helped to give me a whole lot of experience while I was learning, um, you know, the foundation of what it is to mm-hmm. be, a, you know, just a health professional. I think, um, I think personal trainers or kins or whatever... Uh, designation you have I think you need to really own that as your profession and and, um, not to sell yourself short and see your worth as that professional I mean regardless of Mm -hmm. where you fall within that spectrum so I think that's an attitude that really anybody in any field can take on let alone health sciences and just know the worth that you're able to provide people and 
you know, that, that'll take some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that's been a common theme along with a lot of talks with people talking about, especially to students or people that are in this industry, kind of knowing your worth and not selling yourself short. And that's definitely something that I like to reiterate or kind of repeat back to any of the listeners that are potentially looking at doing something similar to yourself or starting their own business or kind of going out there. So you just have to kind of know your worth. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. So what I want you to kind of dive into a little bit deeper now is kind of let us know about how you got to where you are now. So you can start back as far as 2007 when you kind of got it started um, or if you want to start kind of back when you're in school, but any stories that kind of kind of brought you to where you are. And then once you, we kind of get to where you are now, we'll talk about connected chain and kind of what you do there. Yeah, cool, man. And I think, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I think the backstory really uh, for anybody really shows value and, and just more understanding. So I've always been involved in sports from a super young age. Uh, I've always been a, a pretty big guy. Um, if, if for the people who know me, they know I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big. Um, and I went through my own, you know, uh, weight fluctuations and stuff like that. But I think a few of the spotlights that I can think of is number one, being always super involved with sports, whether it was soccer, basketball, or just, you know, playing road hockey in my, in, uh, just in the road. Um, mm-hmm. but also I was also uh, exposed to a lot of injuries from young. Um, so, uh, being a basketball player, you know, ankle injuries, knee injuries, I had, um, Oshkosh Schlagers, uh, where, you know, my, I grew too fast and the joints within my body didn't kind of, and the tendons didn't grow with it. So, uh, I would, pl- mm-hmm. I would play a game of basketball and, you know, it felt like I had arthritic knees right after that. So it, I guess yeah. being exposed to like injuries and sport from early on, uh, now that I look back on it, kind of gave me that foundation as to how I apply things now where I'm, I'm super heavy involved with like prevention and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, so that was kind of like the early on. And so, so, you know, fast forward. So, um, it's the summer of 2007. Um, I had already know I had just finished, um, high school. It was the summer right after grade 12. I'd already known that I'd finally gotten into George Brown college, uh, in Toronto, um, which is a great program at the time. It was the fitness and lifestyle management program, FLMP. Got to mm-hmm. give a shout out to my guys, uh, class of 2009. Uh, what's up? And uh, nice. so, you know, my summer job, I, I had just gotten a job at Wendy's and um, I was there for like a month and I was like, man, like this sucks. Like I can't, no, no disrespect to Wendy's, but I was like, oh man, this sucks. Like I, um, you know, I need something different. Um, so I gave my two weeks notice. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm really upset. Like, this sucks, you know, I'm getting ready to go into college and, you know, I just had a lot of self-doubt, I guess we'll call it. And, um, she said, well, you know, the YMCA just opened up in Markham here. Why don't you, you know, walk in there and just volunteer, you know, you're going into the field, start your experience now early. So I said, Hey, you know what, Mm -hmm. you know, um, shout out to my mom for her, for that always keeping me in check. And, um, so mm-hmm. yeah, the summer t- 2007, I just um, walked into the YMCA. They just opened up. I said, "Hey, I'd like to volunteer." And uh, Pira at the time uh, just kind of took me under her wing as a volunteer, and and she said, "You know, you get involved however you want." So just a volunteer in the weight room, talking to people about it, trying to give advice where I could, but I was still earlier on, mm-hmm. so I couldn't give too much. Um, so I just said, "Hey, look, let me let me do the best job I can. Let me talk to a lot of people. Let me just you know be personal and." I'm trying to help people where I can, not just, you know, the members, but the staff as well. And, um, 
once I started, uh, it was like the second or third day of college and I, uh, I got a phone call and I missed it. And it was a voicemail saying, Hey John, we'd like to offer you a, a job just as like a, a sales sales and service uh, associate at the Markham mm -hmm. YMCA. And, uh, Nice. I, I, I was so pumped. I was like, wow, you know, I have a job in my field, um, you know, directly related to some of the stuff that I was learning in school. So that was, that was a huge motivating factor for me. And um, so throughout my college, I was learning, you know, the practical application of our field, putting together programs for certain populations, whether it was, you know, people with uh, various conditions, or they were healthy, or, you know, beginners. And that program was awesome, because the, you know, I credit my college education a lot to what I do now, just strictly because of the practical application uh, that they really focused us, focused us in on. And, uh, you know, um, I'll get to, I'll get back to that in a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. from, from there. Yeah. So I just said, Hey, look, I have an opportunity here. Let me prove my worth. Um, got to know a lot of the members, got in good with a lot of the staff and, and uh, it was getting pretty successful within there. And then they said, Hey, look, why don't you just, start working up in the conditioning room. So I was, it was just kind of bl blossomed from there really, where it was like, you know, you're working in the sales desk. They, they gave me a position up in the conditioning room. Like I couldn't personal train, but you know, picking up weights, cleaning stuff down, stuff like that, just talking to members, giving advice. And, and that was great. And then, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's so many people uh, from the YMCA that I can think of who, who are key factors in my development, but uh, Patty Jensen, Patty Jensen was, um, a woman that I still have a lot of regard for today and a lot of respect. She, she was my supervisor at the time. And as I was going through the steps, so the more time I spent there, um, they said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to teach some exercise classes? And, you know, once I was able to actually get my certification for personal training, you know, mm -hmm. I was only one of the few who were, who were training there at the time. So, you know, they were just feeding me clients and it was a great way to learn that experience as I was finishing for off sure. my schooling. And, uh, you sure. know, um, I was pretty much very fortunate to be able to do a lot there, even up to, you know, um, um, they allowed me to, you know, teach courses that would teach potential trainers for the YMCA, how to, how to put these programs together. So they pretty much said, Hey, John, you know what? We trust you. We want you to go do whatever you feel is best. And, um, I have to give a shout out to Patty Jensen on that. She really, uh, took me under her wing and just, you know, gave me the freedom to do what I felt was best for the field to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think she trusted me in that sense. So um, I was very, very fortunate uh, to have great role models within the field. And I think, you know, as health professionals thinking about getting into it or hoping to get into it and just starting their career, you know, reach out to anybody that you feel as though you can learn from and don't be afraid to because, you know, as I continue to grow and develop, I, there, it would make me, uh, I'd be super happy to, you know, if people had questions about or anything, really just this guidance within this field to, to just reach out, um, because I know mm -hmm. how important that was for me. Um, so, um, as I was finishing off uh, my college, I, I was, uh, you know, pretty much doing a little bit of everything, uh, with the YMCA. So my, my experience really started in the summer of 20, uh, 2007, um, Fast forward, I uh, I did a lot of co-op. Yes, I did a lot of co-op opportunities uh, throughout my college, so I got a mm -hmm. I got a lot of different experience in in local gyms as well. But uh, so once I graduated, I um, 
I uh, continued to work with the YMCA. I, I was fortunate to have a job right out of college, took on a few other ones and, and um, mm-hmm. getting experience to other private personal training centers. You know, you figured out, you know, the nitty gritty of the field where it's like, you got to sell yourself, you got to maintain your clients, you got to hit those, those um, sale goals and things like that. And, you know, that's not yeah. for everybody. And uh, I realized that for sure. I don't like that hard sell. Where, and, and that's leading me to where I am today, where it's like, if I'm having a conversation with somebody about what it is I do, I'm going to I'm going to give them all the information they need to make the decision for themselves. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to say you have to work with me. It's like, here's what I can do for you. You're, you're a grown man or woman. Let's, you know, I'll let you make the decision. So I think for that sure. experience in the private sector of, you know, personal training or fitness really helped to to create that philosophy that I, I have today. So that was awesome. Um, so throughout the time, I um, I was able to actually, uh, there was a job posting for a full-time position as a supervisor with the YMCA um, at North York, uh, Bayview and Shepherd, if uh, for those of you who are listening, who know where that is. And um, I said, hey, you know what? I've, I've been with the Y for now two and a half years or so. Um, I uh, had a few connections where they could vouch for me. And I said, Hey, let's apply for it. And um, I applied for a supervisor job being out of school for like four or five months. And, um, you know, uh, by the grace of God, I, I got the job and I, uh, I had an awesome job coming out of school, but it always in the back of my mind, I knew that I was capped with what I'd be able to do with just my college diploma. Um, and with that being said, you know, people with less education or more education, it comes down to your work ethic and what you want with it. Me personally, I decided mm-hmm. I want to learn more. I want to, you know, open my, my opportunities as much as I can. So, um, at that why I was working with, uh, like child and rec sports. So it wasn't directly related to personal training or fitness, but it was more geared towards like younger, younger kids and child and youth mm-hmm. and putting those rec programs together. So, you know, I learned a lot there just in terms of, uh, managerial side of things organizing and just all those you know tools that will help you build um your foundation so after about yeah eight months of doing that uh in between that time i had applied to a few schools um my two my two choices were pretty much guelph humber um and uh, i had an opportunity to also apply to to ubc out in the okanagan out in Kelowna, bc and nice. um I didn't, I didn't get in to any of my choices. Actually, I thought I was a sure shot for, for UBC. Um, Cause I had, I had, you know, good, good resume, good education and whatnot, mm-hmm. but my grades weren't the highest. So mm-hmm. I actually found out that I did not get into UBC and I was, I was so cheesed. I was like, Oh man, how is this possible? Like, you know, this, this is unfortunate. So I emailed the recruiter and I said, Hey, you know, what do I have to do to get into this program? I really want it you know, motivated. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, I know I'm a right fit for this program. And he said, get us a reference letter. And I had an amazing professor by the name of John Griffin, um, at uh, George Brown college. And, um, we, we built a good solid relationship and I have a lot of respect for the man, uh, to this day, of course. And, um, just to backtrack, I actually almost dropped out of George Brown College within my first semester because the workload was too hard. There was the self-doubt. I'm like, nope, this is not the field I want to be in. And uh, I, I had, I was uh, 17 at the time, so I couldn't sign the dropout paper. 
So I, mm-hmm. I go to my mom once again and I say, mom, I need you to sign this. I want to drop out. I want to go into business or whatever. I didn't really know. And, yeah, and yeah. Once again, shout out to my mom. She was like, you know what? Give it a year. Go hard for a year and see, yeah. and see what happens. You know, I'm like, all right, mom, I'll respect that. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. probably the best decision I made to stick around. Um, and John Griffin at that time was a huge motivating factor again to, you know, I guess he, he saw my abilities and my passion and, uh, you know, he, uh, he really encouraged me, not just myself, but all of the students there. And, uh, he, he's a great professor and a great man. So flash forward to me applying, you know, the recruiter says, Hey, get us a reference letter. And I'm like, you know, John Griffin, this guy knows how badly I want it mm-hmm. within like a day or two. He sends me a letter. I forwarded it off to UBC within like a day or two after that, I got my approval and acceptance. And, uh, that's awesome. You know, it's a it, great story. It's, um, to, to that accord, you know, you, if you show who your what your true value is and your worth, uh, people will take notice of that and, uh, they'll do everything they can to help you, but you got to put yourself out there and that's not easy for people to do. Um, and, um, so I have a lot of respect for that, man. And so anyway, yeah. as I, uh, yeah. so now I get into this program, I don't really know what I want out of it other than more education and, you know, improving my career opportunities. So as I was in the program, I, I knew that I wanted to get involved with more extracurricular stuff. So within my first year, I joined like the Kin student council. Um, and it was just little stuff, you know, helping around the school, you know, helping out with the program, just getting to know professors, and then uh, I was actually fortunate. It was a four-year program, but I was able to to get it done in three because of my college mm-hmm. credits. So I was able to transfer. So my last two e- within my last two years, I decided to start volunteering in like research labs with um, other professors that kind of you know I think I, I related to with a lot in terms of philosophy and whatnot. Um, so I got involved with uh, Dr. Jennifer Jacoby and uh, Dr. Gareth Jones and. Um, you know, they, they were huge factors in, in, uh, my motivation and drive to want to really succeed within the field. Uh, they gave me that exposure into the research side of things and how to really understand it. And, um, I had a good practical application side from college, but I really wanted to, you know, challenge myself and learn that, you know, the, the science side the the, the theory of it all and how that comes to be. So, um, yeah. You know, my then, second year, just general volunteering, nothing crazy. And then in my last year, I was like, you know, let's do an undergrad thesis. Let's let's do a full year of it. And uh, I think one of the best things they could have done for me is um, just say, hey, look, you know, you're, you're, you're part of the lab. This is kind of what we expect from you. And they were available whenever I had questions, but they said, you know what, you know, we're going to put you involved with this. And and kind of figure it out on your own. You know, they, they were available whenever I needed it, but you know, by, by giving me that freedom to kind of sort it out on my own, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was, that was critical. So, you know, no, I was, for uh, sure. I was, um, so my last year, I'm like, okay, let's apply to physio. Um, I was hoping to get into physio. My GPA was, was okay, but it wasn't competitive enough. So I said, I'll apply anyway to, to the different physio programs in Ontario and BC and then but I'll also apply to a few just like MSC thesis uh, thesis based um, master's programs yeah so that you to Western uh, so that, that brought me to Western um, didn't get into any physio um, 
got into this master's program. It was a, an MSc in health and rehabilitation. And uh, Dr. Robert Petrella out in uh, London, he, he was an MD, but also PhD. Uh, so he was mm-hmm. doing a lot of research in uh, older adults and kind of yeah. early stages of cognitive decline. No, and, I'm familiar uh, with him, yeah, because I went to Western too. So I, I, oh, I, okay. I kind of know some of his, uh, his research and some no, of that stuff but yeah sorry that's keep cool. going no it's all good man small world and that's you know dr robert petrello was a was an awesome awesome uh, supervisor um so the work that i did alongside with uh two other master's students um we kind of looked at early stages of cognitive decline uh with with people over the ages of 55 uh my main variables were that of gait so walking patterns uh balance and cardiovascular um and, and different variables within that. And then uh, Sam Tithridge, he did, uh, he looked at uh, rapid eye movement and saccades and, and just nope. uh, more on oh. vision. Oh, you worked and, with Sam. I know. Yeah. I played soccer with Sam at Western. Oh, that's awesome. Man. I'm telling you, that's it's a small so, world. So, so Sam's no, that's out. That's so funny. Yeah. Sam's he's, out in London he's, right now. He, he's, yeah, yeah, he's he, in he, London he, still, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he moved back home. Um, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. And then... Um, Amanda, Amanda Diosario, uh, she's going to kill me if I butchered her last name, but Amanda, she was looking at uh, um, more ultrasound and uh, a little bit more specific to cardiovascular and mm-hmm. uh, vessels and stuff like that. So we were an awesome team and um, Dr. Petrello was always there when we needed him, but he's a busy guy. So he, he was doing a lot, um, but the um, his PhD student at the time, uh, I, I should call him Dr. Michael Gregory right now. He was, uh, he was an awesome help to all of us, myself included. He was always willing and ready to help. He was so knowledgeable in, in stuff like statistics and gathering information. So, um, Dr. Michael Gregory was, um, you know, he was, a uh, he was pivotal and critical in my, in my, uh, process through the masters because it, it's hard you know and, and i think one of the trickiest things with doing a master's like that is you have your your coursework which isn't too much and then you have all this free time to do what you need to get done so you yeah. know time time management is always important so um mm-hmm. so those are the people that i got to shout out for that for and, sure uh, and so yeah during that time you at western i see that yeah you did a little bit of work as like a graduate teaching assistant um, and then after you kind of can kind of speak upon that, I want you to kind of fast forward a bit and kind of talk about your time. Um, I see as a, as an Arkin at Maya physio and then after, and then at MedSys and then kind of going into your con- kind of connected chain. Yeah. So, so yeah, finally finished the masters. Um, that was a, that was a great journey. Um, so now you're in that point where you come out of school and you're like, okay, let's, you know, I'm in the mindset of great. I'll apply to almost any job I want. Hopefully get a job in a hospital. This would be great. And then reality hits and, you know, the job application process is, 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 uh, is long and tedious and you're not getting those phone calls. So it's, you know, your confidence in effect is affected. So it's, it's super important to stay humble. So, um, after, uh, so after a bit of time, I wrote my Arkin in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I had been working in the field just a little bit and, uh, I actually started connected chain my final semester of my master's in February of 2015, just cause you know, funds were running low and I needed to, to get some money coming in. So, uh, I made a connection with a, a little, uh, 
clinic owner out there and uh you know we were we created a good partnership and that that helped me get through but you know the process was was growing from there um yeah so i know i know i needed more clinical experience so once i got my arc in i was applying to clinic jobs and um my physio was great um they they trusted my abilities and they gave me uh, i learned a lot from them as to more on the rehab side so learning from physios mm-hmm. and chiros and and their approaches with it too really helped me um build on my philosophy um and within that time i i started um i got a small contract job where i would do uh group fitness classes at a retirement home so that was kind of like three days a week half hour classes here and there um and then um i i got in a job with medicis and they were doing kind of functional ability assessments for for mm-hmm. bell um yeah so so i'd go and do assessments with new hires see if they're uh physically capable to do the job so i, I was kind of balancing that all out and just building my experience still doing training on the side sure. so yeah um, i feel like that's a with a lot of different kids that i've talked to is like at the beginning you're kind of bouncing between like you're doing their like poets testing and then like working in a clinic and doing personal training like a lot of kind of bouncing around kind of seeing what you do and don't like yeah and and I loved it. I, I love that because, you know, for me, I like doing a lot of different things, but they all kind of work in together. So I was getting all this cool experience from different sides and um, continuing trying to grow a connected chain and always have that in the back of the mind. And yeah. uh, I tried to take it as, okay, I'm a contractor and these people are seeking me out for my services now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where it comes back to knowing your worth, but also knowing where you got to sure. grow. So, yeah. so yeah, shoot. After, after Maya, um, things were getting a little bit busier with uh medicis and um you know there are more opportunities coming up with um with what was going on um so again i had an opportunity with this retirement home they saw my passion with older adults and um just built that connection and um you know i'm confident that i'm a strong member of their team um even though i'm not quote unquote staff so um i decided to to um you know, thank Maya for their time and the opportunity, but I, you know, in terms of a financial, um, you know, future for myself, I knew that wasn't really going to give me that stability that I was looking for. Yeah. So I, I kind of transitioned my time into doing more stuff in, in some of the other areas while continuing to grow a private practice and a couple other part-time jobs and just, you know, um, using my experience as leverage essentially. And, uh, mm-hmm. networking is, is, is super important. Uh, try to network with the people that, you know, um, think like-minded to you and you can, and there can be a, a beneficial relationship both ways. Um, it can't just be take, take, take without any give. So that's, that's super important. And that helped me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. On a yeah, personal and- side, there were, there were people that I, I were connecting with that would challenge me and push me to, to be the best version of myself. So, you know, there were people that I could turn to when I said, oh, you know, I'm getting low on myself. And they're like, no, you're good. You just got to find that direction. And, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just got to trust your, trust yourself, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I went with that. For sure. And, um, that, and then from there, it just all kind of happened pretty quick. I mean, um, I've been very blessed, <laughs> knock on wood to, to be able to continue to generate, you know, private clients and build those networks and, and for sure. Con- continue to use things for leverage and what a lot of people will find. And what I found for myself is it kind of transitioned and, um, 
I have a, a great friend by the name of Shadi Kuzam, who's a IT guru. Um, so, you know, there would be Sundays in my basement, um, putting together the website mm -hmm. and, uh, that's a good friend right there. And, um, he, he's helped me a lot through the way as well. I'm just like all of my, my good personal friends. And, uh, um, so from there, that was kind of the, the building block in terms of getting the branding of connected chain. And as I was going through it, it's like, what do I really, what is connected chain? You know, like, what do mm -hmm. I want it to be from a branding standpoint? For sure. And that's, that, that's something that I'm still struggling with today. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. what is it that I want my message to, to come across with people? Yeah, uh, for sure. So, so, and then, yeah. And then, um, one client of mine was a, uh, commercial real estate agent. And, uh, you know, we're still good friends to the day. And he said, Hey, look, I, uh, you know, let me connect you with this Cairo. She's looking for a space and maybe you can team up. And, um, long story short, we checked out a few places. I saw one place and she, her schedule was crazy. So, um, I saw one place and I said, you know what? I see a vision with this. Let me, uh, you know, it was, it was scary. It was, it was probably one of the scariest things I, I had done to date to make a decision like this, but um, I'm so happy that I was uh, given the opportunity to, to go for it. And so I've been at my uh, clinic space here in Markham, uh, just right around 404 in Steeles mm -hmm. uh, for almost two years. It'll be two years in August. And That's awesome. uh, I, re I renewed a, uh, a new lease for another three years. So that's sweet. Um, you know, it, it's challenging running a business like this. And, mm -hmm. you know, I thought, you know, just, um, just that mental support from my parents, just say, Hey, you were so proud of you. You're doing what you, you do what you love. And, mm -hmm. uh, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest marketing tool you could share with people is show that passion, you know, and, and, um, for the new grads or people thinking about getting into the field, um, take every option that you can don't, don't sell yourself short and think that you're too good to do something. You know, um, you got to humble yourself and come down to um, just a level playing field mm -hmm. and, and know that you got to start in the trenches and work your way up because that's the only way to do it in any field. Yeah. And for sure. um, I think, I think being humble and, and uh, understanding your worth at the same time is, is super beneficial. And, you know, I, I still know to this day, there's a lot of things that I still have to learn. And, and, uh, I seek out that information just from talking to people and, and, um, doing things like that. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, those are definitely good pieces of advice that I feel like, <clears throat> again, is synonymous with a lot of people that I talk to that are kind of figuring themselves out as like taking every option that you can and kind of making sure to network in the meantime there. So, what I wanted to kind of discuss now is now we kind of talked about how you kind of built up connected chain. Now um, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about what you do um, as the director, um, as the main kind of lead at connected chain um, more specifically. Like I know the main populations you work with are like mm -hmm. athletes and older adults, but if you can kind of give the, the listeners kind of a, a brief synopsis in terms of what uh, you do at connected chain then. Yeah. So, um, so connected chain is a health rehab and performance company and our main goals are to maintain mobility and, and enhance performance. Now it's, it is quite general, um, but also specific at the same time. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, our philosophy is to really keep the body moving as optimally as it can 
and that can be applied to anybody in in any demographic at mm -hmm. all but i wanted to use my education um and and you and apply it practically so um i love working with older adults you know people over the age of 55 60 who want to limit their physical decline and mm -hmm. physiological decline as much as they can For so sure. that they can live independently like the conversations i have with people is like i want to live in my house until you know I closed my eyes for the last time. Like I want to live independently. I don't mm -hmm. want to be dependent. Mm -hmm. um, and that motivates me too. But on the flip side of that, I also work a lot with the people, you know, who have those, those uh, chronic conditions, like the early stages of dementia or people fighting cancers and stuff like that. And that's so humbling for me because you, you sought me out to help you ma manage and maintain and improve your, your quality of life. And I don't take that lightly. You yeah, know? for and, sure. And I think, um, it's 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 a challenging side and it's the challenging side of it especially when you build the relationship with the people and and you just want to help them so much but it, it can be challenging as well and uh you know i i work with people who are 96 and you know i learned so much from them in terms of just overall life and what i want to get from it mm -hmm. and it's the beauty in in those relationships that i cherish um, so that's, those are the key areas specifically with the older adult population. You know, they want to maintain their independence. They want to improve their quality of life and just live better um, so that they can see their grandkids grow up or see their children sure. grow. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. And, um, you know, I can't do everything, but, you know, I have the tools that I can help these people. And that's, you know, that's one of the big reasons why I got into this field is to be able to help people mm -hmm. on the flip side um, with, with, you know, athletes, you know, when I was when I was in, in sport and, and playing basketball in high school and just active, I would think back and now I think back and I say, I wish I had somebody like me just explaining it a little bit more and helping me to understand that mm -hmm. I, I can build my body up safely so that, you know, my performance is better. I'm decreasing my risk of injury. And I think the thing that I really enjoy with teaching that to younger athletes is they get it they know that that's important they just don't know how to seek that information out for sure for what sure. that really looks like and you can you know we can keep it super intensive a workout but it's it's practical and functional for whatever it is they do for sure um so for me personally i i, I love working with you know the younger athletes the older adults but it's it's everybody in the middle too. I mean, it's I know it's silly to say that I I can work with anyone and everyone, and I do. You know, I yeah. love I love you know working with that beginner who is like so they know they want to improve their quality of life, and whether it's you know body composition or just overall health or or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, they want to get rid of that nagging pain just so they can look <clears> better. Like I, I I love being that that gap, and sure. I think the biggest thing for me is. Um, as a kin, I don't think people really know what that is yet and they're learning about it and they've heard it. Mm -hmm. And what I really want connected chain to be is, is that gap between what you're used to in healthcare and services like that. Um, and be just that missing link as to, okay, here's a, a total package where I can prevent you know, from even going to a public service and don't get me wrong, the public health care system in Canada is great. We got awesome, awesome doctors, awesome healthcare workers, and, and they do a great job. 
but yeah. it's also I want to be something different than what you're used to. Yeah, I don't want to be a cookie cutter health clinic that you go and you're getting the same treatment as the person beside you. Yes, it's let's make it super practical and functional for you mm-hmm. and what you're dealing with. And I think that's the beauty in it. So no, for sure. Uh, to kind of talk a little bit about your your pretty much a synopsis of your overall experience so far as it can. And then I want to kind of really go into kind of where you see the future of the profession going. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, so when somebody asked me like, okay, you're, you're, uh, you're a kin. And like, they're like, they asked me straight up. They're like, what is that? What do you do? And the easiest way I explain it to them is simply like, we're essentially incorporating what you would get from a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. But we're also tying in what you would get from like those those sports med doctors, the chiros, the physios, and we're and we're putting it all together uh, into this beautiful package. Just to, you know, we're not so one sided. We can really do with now. Don't get me wrong; there are limitations in what our scope of practice is, and we, uh, you know, I encourage all of us to work within that and not go too far over that. Um, but that's how I explain it to them. I say we can apply what you would get in all these different areas. Uh-huh. And uh, ideally, we're kind of the one-stop shop where um, I think we take more of a holistic approach into, you know, structure and function um, and, and what's going on. And we can put those pieces together, which is the beauty of it all. And I think, I think that's kind of where Kin is going is I think in the future, Kin is going to be taken um, a lot more seriously. I think a lot more people will see the value in it just because of the other sides of the industry. They may not have gotten the maximal benefit from that. And and that's the beauty in it. So, you know, I think that's where kin is going to go. I think the value of kinesiologists will, um, will be seen a lot more as more people understand it and the results really show. And um, I think that's where it's going, you know, mm-hmm. especially with online and doing podcasts and, you know, online courses and, and uh, classes, I think um, I, th- I can see it really going in a positive yeah. direction where we're, we're going to slowly start to bridge that gap. And, you know, people might seek out a kin before they seek out another health professional. Yeah. And um, what I find really important with this, even with this podcast, is just getting that conversation going that you can see a kinesiologist and a lot of people don't know what they are, what they can do. And I totally agree with you in terms yeah. of, Again, something very similar that we talk with a lot of people on this show or on this podcast is like being that kind of bridge between the two, um, like personal training and physio and being that person that looks at more holistic approach that can help with pain and rehab, but also yeah. into performance and function. And like you said, yeah. um, as the main thing is getting that word out that it is an mm-hmm. option. Um, and I think as like you said, people are having podcasts like this or shows or people just in general are talking about it, then it'll get out to the public more and people will understand it a little bit better. Uh, But still as like a profession, I still feel it needs to evolve to kind of have either like a person that is like the main person that kind of the public looks at as like not an ideal kin, but like a, a spokesperson and, and have like mm. different companies or different groups like, or um, clinic gyms like yours that kind of <clears throat> really try to promote like kinesiology as 
um, something that people can use to help take care of themselves. For sure. And like the one thing I really want to see um, that I think will really help to add a lot more value to uh, our profession is um, a lot more of these health healthcare plans and insurance plans, including kids, you know, I think it should be, you know, lump us in mm-hmm. with the, the ATs and the PTs and the Kairos and stuff like that as like one umbrella fund that people can make the decision on how they want to for sure for sure Um, totally agree and and if i think that levels out the playing field where it's like that that'll show me personally the value that we have and other people see that and i think that's that's really where it's going to go i think Mm -hmm. you know i know in canada ohip is only um it's limited to you know doctors and and uh, physios not even chiros so you know, I would love to see more of these insurance companies and these plans include um, kin mm-hmm. and uh, and even doctors referring out to kins. You know, they say, hey, look, you got a specific condition. I know a guy or, or a woman who who is going to be great for mm-hmm. that. So I think that's where the shift is going to go. And here in Ontario, uh, we have a really good regulating body who I think is really trying to I think they really understand yeah. that. And I think they're really trying to make that push. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting more into the uh, MVA claims. And so somebody was in like an accident, you know, rather than going to a physio initially, they might they might come and see a kin because they're like, you know, I don't need to just have a therapeutic modality on my knee for like half an hour and then I get sent away. It's like, f- fix me. You know, those are useful. Yeah, for sure. But we, we can we can use the body as its own tool to help strengthen and, and build and rehab. Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, I think it's just as much prevention as it is rehab, as it is, you know, longevity for the person that you're working for with. Sure. And um, no, I think that's going to become more prevalent. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, and that's, again, something that we've kind of talked a lot about on this show. So I'm glad that like everyone that I'm talking to has the same idea. So hopefully stuff like that can move a little bit faster. We can get the ball rolling. So in this last section here, what I wanted to kind of talk to you or let you kind of take the floor was kind of any advice you have for any kinesiology students that may be listening to this um, or any new kinesiology or ARKIN grads or prospective ARKINs that have just written the exam or just trying to figure it out. Any words of advice for those listeners? Um, no, great question. Um let me i feel like a lot this so, whole conversation has been a good kind of advice yeah. anyways but i yeah, guess if so, you want to summarize it so to summarize it honestly um don't forget why you started in this field in the first place use that as your foundation and build on that understand that it is going to be a grind no matter what field you're in it's going to come a time once you finish school that you're going to sit there and you're going to think to yourself you know, hey, am I really going to stay in this? Because I did this to myself too. I asked myself, am I really going to, you know, continue to do this as my career? And that was the moment that I decided to go all Mm -hmm. in. And since that point, I haven't looked back because there's always something new to do. And there's always something to build on that foundation. So go back to to your main core as to what you really want to do within it and what you want to do for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, there'll be that initial six months to a year or however long that is of, 
you know, you're trying to get your, your foundation and you're trying to gain that experience and, you know, you want to get a good financial income coming in and, you know, that takes time, but I would say start at the core, trust your, trust your knowledge and who you are as a person, not just as a professional. Mm -hmm. And then don't let anybody stop you from achieving that greatness that you want to achieve because only you can um, do that for yourself and know how to seek that out. And that's not going to be easy for people to do. And that's why I say, Hey, you know, reach out if you have a question on it or mm -hmm. seek out people that you, you admire and, and, and trust their opinion. So, uh, yeah, no, trust you, trust, you know, bet on yourself. Right. For sure. I mean, um, those, the, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. definitely awesome in terms of don't forget like why you started that in the end you got into this for a reason. And, um, at the end of the day, like if it's there to help people, regardless of, what you're doing as long as you're kind of following that um, north star then it hopefully and i'm sure things will fall into place for you so those are definitely kind of good words of advice for any the kinesiology students that are listening or any <clears throat> new arkins that are kind of starting to figure it out just got to remember why you started so Absolutely. what i wanted to kind of conclude here was <clears throat> just say thank you so much for taking the time out john telling us your story about the uprising, the hustle, the grind that you kind of need to bounce between different things, between going to school, not getting in, getting that reference letter <clears throat> to getting your master's and then opening up your own kind of shop. And that story in itself is very inspirational for students who maybe don't feel or are really confident in themselves or sort of insecure that you are too, even though you may see from a page that yes, this person is doing well, Everyone has self-doubts um, and it's just, you really need to go back to what you finished off there is don't forget why you started and everything will fall into place if you have the right intention. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. You were an awesome guest and uh, I appreciate you taking your time out today. No, hey, Spencer, this was really cool, man. I really appreciate you reaching out. I mean, uh, I'd love to come back on another time and speak on something specific, mm -hmm. but you got a good thing going. You got a good thing going here. And uh, keep up the great work, man. This is, this is great. So I appreciate you uh, reaching oh, out. Thank you so much. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thanks for taking your time out today to listen to this full episode. I look forward to releasing more podcast interviews in the near future. So if you know of any other Arkins that would be an awesome fit for this podcast, please email me, makingconnections at gmail.com. And also, if there's any comments, questions, concerns, um, those can all be directed at the email or on our LinkedIn and Facebook page and also now Instagram page. Both are at Making Connections Podcasts. Um, links for everything that we talk about today in the show from the Making Connections website to their Instagram and Facebook to even, uh, sorry, the make and the Connected Chains links will all be in the show notes. So again, thank you for listening and have a great day. Stay safe out there from the Making Connections team.
Welcome to the Making Connections podcast with your host, Spencer Raposo. This podcast was made to interview current registered kinesiologists in Ontario and talk to them about what they do and where they see the future of the profession going. The goal of the podcast is to get a conversation going about kinesiology as a regulated health profession in Ontario. Each episode, we will bring on a new guest with loads of experience as an ARKIN that will share their story and any advice for any new ARKINs and kinesiology students about current opportunities in the field. I want to thank everyone for listening today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to the entire full podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and want to hear more, please subscribe to the Making Connections podcast on whichever platform you're listening on now. And remember to like us on Facebook and LinkedIn pages.